0: What's up, family? This is Isaac Curry. I'm excited that you are joining us again for Therapy Thursday. I'm excited for what God is going to share with us on uh, this evening, this afternoon, this morning, depending on where you're streaming from. Come on, cousins, around the world, let us know in the comment section, wherever you're streaming from, whether it's a website, whether it's Facebook, whether it's YouTube, let us know if this is your very first time. Let us know in the comment section and the rest of my family, let's welcome all of those who are streaming for the very first time. There is a session that I want to have with you, a conversation that I want to have with you, and I really want us to be able to uh, be vulnerable in this moment. So wherever you are, I want you to pray with me as we take a few minutes to dive into a subject. Why? Do I keep getting distracted? Lord, we thank you. I thank you for one more opportunity uh, to be able to share with people um, your word, to edify your people, to build your people up, to be a billboard for Jesus Christ, God, I thank you for one more opportunity to pour life into the vessels, pour life into your your children. Go before me. I pray, God, that you make the hearts fertile. I pray that, God, we give you our undivided attention as you minister to all of us in a very practical way. It's in Jesus Christ's name we sign, seal, and deliver this prayer. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Listen, I want to, in the comment section, I want you to type, why do I keep getting distracted? Now you might feel that this message is not for you. This conversation is not for you because you're super focused. You never lose focus. You've never made a mistake. You've never dated the wrong person. You've never entertained entertained, you know, an imposter. You've never gone down the wrong street. You've never messed up. That's cool. You could package this, give it to someone else you think who needs it. But for the rest of us. Let's have a conversation about the assault on our attention. There is an assault on your attention. Why? Because your attention is the most important asset that you have. Listen to me. As a matter of fact, if you do your research, the way our human race has advanced in technology, Our attention has become the most expensive in human history. What am I saying to you? Your attention is expensive. So when you lose focus, you do more than lose focus. I wanna talk today for my cousins to to my family members who have at some point in your life and even now find yourself losing focus, find yourself being distracted, and for many of us, we don't have safe spaces that we can confess this to, like for many of us who are streaming right now or who may catch this on a replay, like you yourself know that you get distracted. You yourself know that you're supposed to make greater progress by now, but you've procrastinated. You yourself know that you keep going in circles, but you're too embarrassed, or you don't have safe spaces to be able to talk to people about, you know, the fact that I keep going in circles, the fact that I don't know where I need to be going, the fact that I'm afraid, and the fact that I don't know why I keep getting distracted. Like, I'm focused today, and then tomorrow I lose focus. I'm going to the gym for one week, and then before you know it, I hadn't been to the gym in six months. I I started the new year off this way, but by February, all of my New Year resolutions went out the door. Like I can't I can't seem to complete a goal. I'm trying to lay the groundwork because I think what we have to do is be vulnerable. And the one thing I love about our therapy Thursdays is that we have men and women of God who are saying, I don't care what you say about me. I don't care how you judge. I'm here because God is doing a thing in me, right? Somebody type again. Why do I keep getting distraction, distracted? Your attention is a marketplace in itself. This is why corporations are vying for your attention. This is why every time you go to social media, you go to Instagram and you're strolling, you find yourself looking at an ad that, and then when you go to Google, that same ad or something pops up because you have businesses, you have corporations, you you have people vying for your attention because your attention is expensive. Mm. Write this down. Your attention has become the number one focus of everyone's enterprise. Everyone is focused on how do I get your attention? (laughs) Some of us, we're blaming the devil for something that's not even the devil even doing. Some of us we get distracted and we blame it on the devil. And the devil didn't distract you, you distracted yourself. It's easier to say, I got distracted instead of confessing, I distracted myself. And what I want to be able to do, because I've had conversations of recent, I've, and the reason why I knew that we needed to talk about this is because God lined up a series of conversations with me and I'm always very careful with how God moves and I know when God is, is speaking and God is moving because I've had a series of conversations with, with persons who are close to me who have wrestled with their focus, who have wrestled with a distraction, Coming out of a relationship, it started quick. It stopped just as quick as it started because it was a distraction. I made a decision on this job and now I'm on this job and I'm like, yo, this job is not what I thought it was. Like, there are many people who are wrestling with their attention, their energy, and their focus. And my question is, why? So, what I want to do today, what I want to do today is to address four reasons why we continue to deal with chronic distractions. Now, it's one thing to just get distracted seldom. Like if you were filling out a survey and I asked you how often do you find yourself not completing an assignment, how often do you find yourself if you're single and you're dating, but you're dating the wrong person and you find out that this person was not who, how many times have you experienced that pattern, right? If I, if I give you a survey, like I wanna know, like how often do you find that, man, I spend more time strolling on my social media when I'm supposed to be doing something at work. Or I pull up in the driveway to my house and before I enter the house, I spent about 75 minutes just strolling on the internet and I didn't pass time. I was supposed to go to the gym, go in the house, change clothes, get to the gym. And, and, and I, I have to, I'm just going to put it off to another day because I got distracted or I distracted myself. We got to be honest. We got to be honest because I think that in order for us to be able to address an issue, We have to be able to identify what the issue actually is. Otherwise, we will be prescribing the wrong medicine or the prescription to the wrong issue. Because if it's always the enemy distracting you, then I can give you an antidote to that that will not work for you because it's not the enemy and it's some dysfunction or it's some unresolved issue of your past, or it's an emotion that I don't want to deal with. It's a task that conjures up feelings from my my past that I don't want to deal with, so I procrastinate. And for many of us, procrastination itself is a coping mechanism. But I'm going to teach you today that for many of us, distraction is not always a discipline issue. Many times, distraction becomes a way that we cope with things we don't want to deal with. And then it becomes easy for us to blame people and things for distracting us, the devil for distracting us when in fact we positioned ourselves very carefully and allowed for something to grasp our attention, our time, our energy, and our resources. And then when we get fed up with said thing, then we blame it for compromising our time and our energy and our values. No, you knew that this thing existed. You knew that this person wasn't good for you. You knew that social media is going to be here and you need to delete it from your app, but I didn't because I'm always available. It could be that you distracted yourself. Nothing distracted you. But we're going to learn today, if we're having a conversation, if it's just one-on-one, what's distracting you? Why is it distracting you? What is it distracting you from? What are the symptoms of chronic distractions? Why do I keep getting distracted? Let me say this. Samson got distracted from relationships. Yo, he got married. The marriage fell apart. He felt betrayed. So he left, he isolated himself. He became, vengeful, he was very angry. All of these things are symptoms uh, of something that I want to talk about in just a minute. But then he comes back filled with rage. And then from there, he goes on his journey of sowing his his oats, right? And so he finds another woman and he sleeps with her just for that night. And he finds Elilah and he falls for her. So like he went from one situation and then he started distracting himself in other situations that he really, you know, he, he became very erratic. King Saul got distracted with other people's opinions. He was so focused on making other people happy and pleasing other people and them not being, being upset with him that he disobeyed and became disobedient to, to God himself. Like he got distracted. He was more concerned about what people had to say. What, what are they saying? How do they feel about me? Martha in the New Testament, she got distracted with work. Did you know that work can become distract, a distraction? Like you can work so much because it fills a void, but it keeps you from your family. Some people will work just to avoid dealing with their spouse. They they, they, they work And they blame work and they say, I have to work. I got to do this. No, work for some of us can become a distraction. It distracts us from something. Judas, greed, distraction. A distraction does three things. It draws you from the presence of God, the proximity of the presence of God. It draws you from God, it draws you away from God. Let's say that. So when you think about a distraction, to be able to determine and if you, you've heard this before to be able to determine, okay, okay, this is, this is, I have to assess my life and this is a distract. How do I know? Because I ain't praying like I used to. I ain't spending time with God. Like I used to like, I ain't really been at church. Like i be at her house, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, like I thank God in the morning, but I thank God, like me and him we have an express conversation. We ain't, I ain't sat down in a while. Well, whatever it is that's new in your life could very well be presenting itself as an opportunity when it's a distraction. Or you're distracting yourself with it because you haven't put it in the proper position. Before you go declaring that he is a distraction, Before you go declaring that something is a distraction, it could be that you don't have it properly positioned in your life. It just needs to be repositioned. And if you put it in its right position, it's probably a good thing for you. But if you don't put it in its right position, it will become a distraction to you. So some things we might be calling a distraction when it's that, you know, you didn't put it in its proper place. But but, but let's have a conversation. A, A distraction draws you from the presence of God the proximity of God, a distraction divides your attention and breaks your focus on a particular goal. So you have a goal, you have a purpose that you desire to accomplish, right? And because you desire to accomplish this purpose, a distraction is something that comes and divides. When you look up the term distraction, it is something that divides, separates your attention, right? If you look at the the, the most simple uh, definition, it can amuse you, it doesn't always have to hurt you, it doesn't always have to be negative. Many times a distraction is something that entertains you, it amuses you, it draws your focus away from where your focus needs to be. And some of us are being entertained by men some of us are being entertained by women some of us are being entertained by things that has our focus and that is keeping us from finishing this year the way we need to finish this year so it draws you away from god the proximity of god it divides your attention and breaks your focus from said goal and then the third thing it does it forces you to compromise your values when something is a distraction It compromises what you hold dear to you. I really want to be close to God and and the word of God and and being in God's presence and being a, 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 a growing believer is important to me. But work or your need to vie and chase promotion makes you so tired that you never really spend time in God's presence, right? And what you end up doing is giving God what's left over. You see what I'm saying? And so I think that we need to be able to properly position what a distraction actually is. But this is what we do. Let's first ask the question. Why do we get so distracted so often? Let me give you a few reasons. Let me give you about, let me see. Let me give you about five reasons or four reasons why we get so distracted. Here we go. Number one, we get distracted and our distraction is evidence of the lack of self-awareness and emotional maturity. Write this down. Distractions, are usually evidence of the lack of self-awareness and emotional immaturity. When I think about my daughter, she can't keep focus right now. She can be mid-sentence, she can be going in one direction because we're trying to get her to, to accomplish a goal and then she sees something, Boom, Whatever she, wherever she was going, attention immediately gone. She's now focused. But there is, because of her youthfulness, because of her underdevelopment, and as she is developing, it is expected that she cannot keep focused for long periods of time. Now, I'm giving you reasons why we get focused but or, or why we get distracted, but I need you to pay attention to the fourth, the last reason, because that's really what I want to hand you, that's really what I want to focus on, but I want to be faithful to share with you why we get distracted. And many times we get distracted because there is a lack of self-awareness, awareness Awareness of self, um, awareness of why, there is an emotional immaturity. Second reason why we often get distracted, because distractions become a symptom that there is a lack of discipline in a certain area of our life. Wherever, this is not all distraction, but many times where there is a distraction, many times that distraction can be a symptom that there is a lack of discipline in a particular area of your life. And because you are undisciplined in that area, this is why you cannot get goals accomplished in this area, or you don't get very far without losing focus because I I don't have muscle memory, I don't have strength, I don't have uh, boundaries, I don't have discipline. So your lack of discipline might be the reason that you keep getting distracted. Although I'm going to argue that that's not majority of our issue, but I have to be faithful to share this with you. Okay, many times you get distracted because there isn't discipline. You're you're undisciplined, and because I'm undisciplined, I can't, I, I I keep falling, you know, victim to distractions or I keep distracting myself. Number three, this is important. Why, why why, do you keep getting distracted, bro? I'm gonna tell you why, bro. I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm talking to sis, sisters too. But the reason why you keep getting distracted is because that distraction is the manifestation of a lack of clarity around your purpose. I'll say it this way. Distractions for us... It's easy to get distracted when I'm unclear about my purpose, right? It's easy to get distracted when I'm unclear about who I am and where I'm going. What I like about John chapter 18, when Pilate confronted Jesus and said, so you're the king? You're the king. You know what Jesus said to him? For this reason, I was born. Jesus is going to the cross of Calvary and he is unflinching. He is committed to the cross. And when someone asks the reason why I'm not going to fall victim, Jesus and lose focus or try to go a different direction or fight a battle that's unnecessary for me to fight. Or even try to keep from going to the cross is because I know that my purpose for existence and the purpose God brought me to this earth was so that I could go to the cross and so anything that tries to keep me from going to the cross I will put it in its place or I would not give it attention because I got to get to the cross because I'm clear about my purpose you see what I'm saying for this reason I was born When I do not have clarity about my vision, about why God put me here, about what I need to be doing, then it becomes easy to entertain imposters. It becomes easy to fall prey to people who show you their representatives. It becomes easy to chase what looks like an opportunity when the opportunity does not even feed your purpose. But when you are clear, thank you, Jesus, about why I exist, then it becomes easier to say yes and no to things, just like Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter six. Well, when Nehemiah was on top of the wall, rather, and the wall was being built and was almost finished, You had a lot of adversaries coming to him and vying for his attention. They wanted to distract him and you will find that the devil will come into your life and try to distract you as soon as you make a commitment to do something. As soon as you commit to changing something, as soon as you commit to to being to being better, as soon as you commit, I'm not going to I'm going to forgive and I'm not going to hold. As soon as you make that commitment, the devil will come with distractions, and many times the devil will come when you're about to complete an assignment. Nehemiah was about to complete the assignment, and the enemies came, and Nehemiah said, I cannot come down to you because I'm focused on a work. I have a purpose for which God sent me here. And my responsibility is to be an architect, to be a prophet, to be governor, right? To be a bridge builder. Like he understood the many hats that God gave him to wear. I'm not just a cupbearer. Oh, God has called me to be multiple things. And I'm not going to come down to you because I ain't got time to waste on people who are not helping to build me up. Or I build them up as we go in the same direction to complete the assignment that God has given us. And it's not selfish to say, I want to surround myself with people who can help me get, who can help me do what God has called me to do and to make sure that it is reciprocal and I also be able to help them do the same, right? And so distractions are often the manifestation of a lack of clarity around a vision or purpose. But this is what I want to focus on. The reason why majority of us suffer from chronic distractions, I'm not talking about a distraction, but for those of us who keep losing focus, who keep saying yes, who keep saying not now, who keep saying I should have, or year after year, I'm I'm gonna do this, I'm, I'm gonna do it this time, this time I'm gonna follow through, but why do you keep not following through or why do you keep falling prey to distractions and losing your focus? Write this down. This is important. Many times or I'll say this chronic distractions is the residue of an unhealthy soul. Let me say it one more time. Chronic distractions is residue of an unhealthy soul. Mm. I'm going to say it this way. Chronic distractions aren't a willpower issue. It's a soul condition issue. See what I'm saying? When you think about why do i keep saying yes why do i keep making that mistake why do i keep why it could be that your soul isn't as healthy as you think it is when was the last time you assessed your soul i didn't ask you how often do you go to church I didn't ask you if you pay tithes and offering. I didn't ask you, do you believe in God? I didn't ask you those things. What I asked you is, when was the last time that you assessed your life and assessed your soul to determine that I'm going in the right direction or that I need a detox or that this isn't okay and I need to address this? Chronic distractions is residue of an unhealthy soul. And many, of, many people are saying, what is an unhealthy soul? How do, you, how do I know if my soul is unhealthy? How do I know if my soul is unhealthy? I'll help you with that, I'll help you with that. Here are a few symptoms or a few indicators that your soul is unhealthy. Number one, uh, inconsistent devotion. Inconsistent devotion. Your devotional life is not consistent. Your devotional life is not consistent. Number two, chronic fatigue. Chronic fatigue is often indication that your soul is not as healthy as it needs to be. I go to sleep tired, I wake up tired, I go through my day tired. Now we're talking about why is it that I keep getting distracted And my argument to you is that distractions are often the residue of a soul that is unhealthy. Well, how do I know my soul is not as healthy as it needs to be? That's a great question. Number three, overindulgence. What do you mean overindulgence? You overindulge in everything or in many things in your life to avoid facing reality. I'm, I'm always consumed with this. I'm always consumed with work. I'm always consumed with food. I'm always consumed. I'm over, I overindulge because I say to myself, I deserve this, but it keeps you from being able to see you. And number four, poor boundaries. The presence of poor boundaries or the inability to establish and follow through with your boundaries often become indicators that there is an underlying issue that keeps you from from really, truly um, standing behind those boundaries. Because for you, you've often been told to create a boundary. And then when that boundary isn't doesn't stand or when you can't stand behind it or when you don't enforce it, somebody type enforce it. Well, when you don't enforce that boundary, then you walk away thinking that it is a discipline issue. No, distractions is not a discipline issue. It is a soul issue, right? And so if you begin to take a little more inventory of soul care, then we discover that the reason why I don't enforce those boundaries is because it forces me to be alone or it forces me to deal with something that I don't want to deal with. And I've been procrastinating. I've been avoiding. Right. So it's possibly that the reason why we can't get a goal accomplished, the reason why I keep allowing myself or I keep distracting myself and blaming it on everybody else is because I got a soul issue. and I don't even know. Watch this. So it's not just poor boundaries, but it's erratic conduct. Your conduct is erratic. If you think about your last several decisions, your last few decisions, man, unpredictable. You are unpredictable. Your conduct is erratic. Number six, re-emerging sin habits. How do you know if your soul is not as healthy as it needs to be, is because there are old sin habits that you died to or that you crucified, but somehow some of us have dug those things up and some of those sin habits have reemerged in your life. But because you don't have any accountability partners, or because you cannot be held accountable, then there is no way for anyone to help you with your soul care, right? And so, the reemerging of old sin habits is indication that your soul is unhealthy. Let me give you another one. Don't get mad at this one. Burnout. Burnout is the reason, or burnout, the causation of burnout. Unhealthy soul. My mind is unhealthy. My spirit is unhealthy. And it's impacting even my physical. I'm always on the go. I don't take time to retreat. I don't take time to pause. Go, 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 go. Do for everybody, do for everybody, do for everybody. And now I'm burnt out. And now because I'm burnt out, I'm indifferent about a lot of things. I don't follow through. I'm um my 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 relationships close to me are, are now suffering. I isolate myself because I'm burnt out. So that's one. Now I'm gonna go to nine, number, number eight, constant worry. Constant worry. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing right now? I'm giving you symptoms that your soul can be, is likely unhealthy. And if your soul is unhealthy, that might be, and that likely is the reason that you keep allowing yourself to be distracted or you keep distracting yourself and blaming it on everything else. Constant worrying. I'm worrying about everything. I'm worrying about tomorrow. I'm worrying about something that didn't happen. I'm worrying about worry. I'm worrying. And, and chronic worry is sinful. It just is. pessimism and cynicism. Pessimism and cynicism, negative. I complain, I'm always seeing the negative and the reason why I see negative, I see negative and I'm saying, I'm just, I call, I'm negative or I'm pessimistic or I'm cynical but I dress it up as a realist. I'm just a real, no, you're negative. And your negativity, you speak that into the environment and the atmosphere, and you get what you speak. So you produce the negativity; it comes back to you. You produce it, it come down. De- so there's this death cycle, and you're saying that you just know it's gonna happen. It could be that you keep speaking these things in your atmosphere, and 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 this is also indication that your soul, my bro, my sis, it's unhealthy. But I want to I want to show you. These are symptoms of unhealthy souls. But then I have to show you, what do you do about that? How do I keep from allowing myself to keep saying yes to to women and keep chasing skirts and keep chasing relationships when I know that it just needs to be me and God, but I keep getting distracted? I want to help you. Let me give you two more. Unforgiveness is also indication that your soul is deteriorating. Now, when I say unforgiveness, don't mistake forgiveness with proximity. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that you have to, you, that means you now have access to me. No, no, no. I'm saying unforgiveness. You can forgive someone and still not have to have proximity with them or still not have to give them the same position. The last one that I'm going to give you, the lack of self-control. The lack of self-control, the lack of boundaries, the lack of self-control is the reason that I can say to you, yo, this is why you can't stay focused. Now, when I say lack of self-control, big things you think of are like porn, drugs, pills, right? Those things are true. The lack of self-control. But I'm also talking about food. Oh, man. There are more subtle things like food, work, your words. Soon as somebody cuts you off on the road, the words that come out of your mouth mouth displays the lack of self-control. Your mobile device and how much time you spend focusing on that screen shows a lack of self-control. Say this with me. Food is not my medication. Because when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I'm angry, I turn to food. Food is my happy place. Mm -hmm. Food is not your medication, work is not your medicine, and your phone is not your escape. Food is not your medication, work is not your medicine, And your mobile device is not your escape, self-control. So then the question you have for me in our session today is okay, I get it. I keep getting distracted. Many people don't know this. They see me and they think I got it all together, but I know I keep getting distracted, but I don't tell people because there's not safe places for me to be able to be vulnerable. But I'm telling you, Isaac, me and you, one-on-one, that I have an issue with getting distracted. And so you're telling me this is how I know this is a distraction. You've given me those three things. But you're also telling me that this is why I get distracted. You've given me four things. But you're also saying out of those four things, there's one thing that is really, really prominent. It's easy. You're telling me that it's easy to choose the first three things to say, okay, I need to be more disciplined, or okay, I need to mature emotionally, or okay, these are the things that keep me from you know, being distracted. And if you just choose that without assessing your life, then you're going to find yourself being distracted again, because I don't want to deal with number four. So you're telling me that number four, my soul could potentially be unhealthy? I'm telling you today, that your soul could be unhealthy. But if you drive a vehicle and it looks nice, it's beautiful, but you never take it to get serviced, then I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that what's under your hood is probably not in great condition. Just because you turn the switch or you push the button and the vehicle turns on and it gets you where you go does not mean that the vehicle is in great condition. At some point in time, you need to get it serviced. When was the last time you assessed your soul and said, God, I need to detox. I need to fast. I need to pray. I need to take a step back. I need to say no. And I need to just be in your presence and I need to reevaluate what is most important to me. How do I manage the distractions? The first thing I'm gonna tell you is you need to cultivate curiosity. And when I say cultivate curiosity, you have to be willing to ask yourself very difficult questions without judging yourself. Why is it that dating is such a distraction for me. Why is it that I keep saying yes to men knowing that it's a good chance that he's probably no good because in the first week he showed me red flags, but I chose to remain. You can't always claim everybody got red flags because you obviously ignore the yellow signs. Because before there is a red, there is always yellow. Right, And so when you see red, oh, man, there was something taking place before you saw that red flag that I chose to ignore or I chose not to slow down. But let me focus. Cultivate curiosity. You need to be curious about why you do or why you're distracted by the things you're distracted by. Like you have to be if you don't be curious, who will? If you don't ask yourself critical questions that you get to present to God on the altar, why is it that I spend more time on my mobile device and not my children? Why is it that I choose to shop and make shopping and spending money an and escape for me from reality? You have to ask yourself a very difficult question, but you got to cultivate being curious. If you don't ask questions then you tuck it away and then no one else has permission to challenge you. The second thing you need to do, somebody type, repent. Repentance is soul care repentance is not something that's taboo. It's not something that is reserved for people who have done so terribly wrong and people who God is upset with. No, repentance needs to be, repenting needs to be a, a part of your daily vocabulary. Like you need to be a repentant believer. God, I am offering this to you and I'm turning away from it. Help me to turn. Like you need to repent. Right? But as you repent, you need to forgive yourself. What are you saying? A part of soul care is asking God to forgive me for the things that I've done. And you you call those things out, but I also forgive myself. I need to be compassionate with myself. I need to be nice and good to myself, right? because I'm so hard on myself and I never give myself compliments and I expect so much out of myself because there's so much that you have not resolved in your own life. And so the way you do that is by taking it out on yourself. Mm -mm. Repent, forgive yourself. Number three, I know I keep saying, write this down. This is important, but write this down. This is important. Manage your pace. If you're going to begin to cultivate a healthier soul, you're going to have to manage how you move. You're going to have to monitor your pace. You're going to have to manage how fast you're moving. Why? Because the pace in which you're moving is often unsustainable. Many of us are moving at a pace that is unsustainable. And you're trying to move. You wake up, you do this, you go to sleep, you wake up, you do this, and you're tired, you wake up. You can't keep moving at that pace and expect for your soul to become healthy. Say it with me. Manage my pace. If you, now all of this has to do with how do I not become distracted? How do I keep from losing focus? I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom, watch this. So as you learn to manage your pace, means that you have to say no, you have to, it's a lot of things that you have to do. You have to also, number four, reprioritize the precept in your daily life. When I say precept, what I am saying is the Word of God. You have to reprioritize the Word of God in your daily life. If your issue is chronic distractions, let me tell you one reason why you keep getting distracted is because the word of God is not central in your life. Because when I make reading God's word a daily thing and not just reading it, but living it, I don't have time to be distracted with people who aren't fruitful or who will help me to be fruitful. So you have to not reprioritize. And sometimes it can be priority and then incrementally you'll look in your life and then it's not where it used to be because very slowly you started moving the word of God out of the central place in your life. So reprioritize the precept in your, in your daily life. Number five, reestablish your prayer life. Fortify your life with prayer, I can tell you it's easy to get distracted in a relationship when I'm not praying. It's easy to get distracted in a relationship that is not for me because I ain't been praying. But you protect yourself and you can see what's not for you before it even gets in close proximity to you when I've been in God's word and God's presence and I've been praying. I know you want something packaged really tight and really cute, but this is truth. Let me give you this. Number six, make God's presence a constant for you. If you're going, to stop being distracted. And if you're going to cultivate a healthier life, God's presence needs to become a constant for you. And number seven, monitor your power. I often have to remind believers of this truth. You have power. The day that you chose to believe, God gave you access to a certain level of power. Just read chap- Mark chapter 16, verse 16, 17, and 18. These signs will follow those who believe, right? You'll be able to cast out demons in Jesus' name. You'll be able to heal the sick. They recover. You'll be able to drink things that are poisonous and it will not harm you. You'll be able to speak in different languages. Like all of these things and more follow those who believe. But this is why Jesus, when he had that encounter, and I believe Luke, Luke chapter 8, if I'm not mistaken. He had that encounter with the woman with the issue of blood. He was walking. She came. She touched him. And immediately immediately he said, who touched me? And everybody, all the disciples were like, ah, come on, man. What do you mean who touched you, Jesus? You're in a crowd full of people. He said, someone touched me because I experienced power leaving my body. And what Jesus was saying to the disciples was that no one, should be able to withdraw power from me without my permission I'm here to heal the sick I'm here to to love on people I'm here to meet people's needs but you should not be able to withdraw power from me without my consent because if you allow people in and around you the lack of boundaries and they keep pulling and withdrawing and taking and taking and taking from you, then you won't have power to do what God has called you to do. So when you get to your assignment, you won't be able to fulfill it because you'll be too tired. And so what you have to do is gauge or monitor your power. Because when you monitor your power and discover "Mm, something is not right, Yeah, I'm a little more drained than I need to be. Why are you drained? Because I woke up this morning and I allowed people to hijack my schedule and people who weren't on my calendar put themselves on my calendar. And I had to address this issue with my cousin, Poo Poo. I had to address this issue with my friend, Gabriel. I had to address this issue with one of my one of my sisters. And then now it's time for you to do what God has called you to do, to write the book or to do the podcast or to build this this, this new infrastructure or to start this business. And I can't do it because I'm too tired. Somebody type. Monitor your power. You can get distracted by more than a relationship. You can get distracted by people's opinions. You can get distracted by promotion. You can get distracted by greed. You can get distracted by your pride. You can get distracted by a myriad of things. But the question is, why do I keep holding on to this anger? The anger is a distraction to you. And the reason why the anger is a distraction to you is because that soul is unhealthy. But it is my prayer though, that as we assess our souls, we recognize, yo, I need to stop, I need to detox. I need to pull away from social media, not just social media, I need to get closer to the presence of God. Because I can pull away from social media and call that a fast, and still not give God my time, my attention, my presence, right? So if I'm doing that, am I really fasting? And fasting really has to do with food. It has to do with covering your mouth. Um, But if you are doing that, maybe I need to do more. You need a detox. Why do I keep getting distracted? Or why do I keep distracting myself? Why do I allow things to distract me. Perhaps there is something in you that is unresolved that needs to be given to God. Maybe there is an emotion that you don't want to address so you procrastinate and allow yourself to get distracted because I don't want to deal with the fear of failing because I don't want to fail, I procrastinate, and that thing that I'm procrastinating is now a distraction for me. That thing needs to be placed on the altar, but it can't happen if you don't take the time to assess yourself and have a necessary conversation with yourself so you can be able to properly separate what is a distraction and what is something that is unresolved or, or something that is, is just is, I'm just procrastinating. Lord, help us. God, we thank you for an opportunity to, to look at ourselves. And we thank you, Jesus, that you become the example. Jesus becomes the example for us. And I thank you, God for being the example for us. I thank you for this word. And when you think about Jesus, hold on, and how he becomes an example for us, Jesus rested, even in the storm he rested. Jesus worshiped and he walked with God. He would get up in the morning and he would leave to pray. He would go to places and he would would retreat to pause. Jesus walked in purity. Mm -mm. I'm walking in purity because he was always communing with the Holy Spirit. Jesus prioritized what was most important based on what was directly connected to his purpose. And he based all of his decisions off of what is connected to why I was born. He told that Syrophoenician woman, hey, I know you want me to help you, but I didn't come here for you. I came here on an assignment. He knew what his purpose was. And number five, Jesus paced himself. He didn't run. He wasn't in a rush. When Mary and them came about Lazarus, he didn't stop. What he, would, he, he can't be on everybody's calendar at one time, so he said, I'll get there. Or when Jairus' daughter was asleep, she's dead. now. she's just asleep. I'll get there. And so he teaches us the value of pacing ourselves. And the one thing that Jesus never did He never compromised his values. So when we move forward and we think about how Jesus was never distracted, let us pattern our life life after Jesus. He shows us how to move, what to do, and how to walk so that we can actually Be distraction free. May God keep you. May God be with you. I love you with the love of Jesus. Peace.